But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And we are back. With the booty. And the beast. It has been a while. It's been a hot minute. It's been a little bit, but I mean, there was a lot going on. Like, we promised we we're going to try to be more consistent with this, and we meant to be consistent with this, and then we got sick. And you got to understand, though, when you live in Minnesota and you live in the Midwest, summers are like heaven. Oh, yes. Because we have winter 10 months out of the year. Oh, yeah. So, so we value moving. our warm weather. <laughs> value our warm weather, our travel, our family time, but... We just bought a new RV, and I said, let's let's take all the podcasts and stuff in the RV if we need to, and while the girls are sleeping, we we'll knock out the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Camper podcasts. Why not? I mean, we could just start another one and then not be consistent, which would be great. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's, okay, we're going to jump into it today. We have Doug Miller on the show. He is the chief executive officer, the founder of Core Nutritionals, stemming from that, America Energy, America Labs. Arms Race Nutrition. He does and, everything. <laughs> and also owns the Nutrition Corners, which is a retail store, which they proudly carry the Fit Bars, and we love it. Oh, yeah. But it was good to have Doug on. We talk about a lot of different things. Um, I mean, we've had Doug on a Fitness Informant podcast in the past, and, and primarily just talk supplements and bodybuilding, and we do a little bit of that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Well, we talk about his time. his choice to not do drugs. What do you think of his answer on that? I think it was good. I actually respect it a lot. So She's sitting here judging me with those judging fucking eyes. I'm not judging. I just respect his answer. <laughs> what a judgmental wife. I mean, just looking at me like, oh, why didn't you? I mean, hey, I've taken drugs, people. Big deal. No longer, though. Just on what I... What, never what's, again, what's you necessary. said. Well, there's a lot of never agains in my life. I hope so. I mean, there's a lot uh, of never agains in my life. But no, he had a good answer on that. Um, I don't... You mentioned um, when we were talking after the show that you were surprised about his background. You thought he was just a gym bro. Well, I mean, I thought you were just a gym bro, too. I am so. just a gym bro. <laughs> no, yeah, I was very um, impressed with his background, and he definitely has a lot of science behind all the logic of his, like, brands and everything, so that was really cool to hear. Science behind the logic. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's... He has a lot going on in such a small staff that you want to look at the definition of work ethic or hard work. You can just look at the Doug Miller Enterprise umbrella. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things... He's got so much going on. I think that's part of the reason why that they've never won brand of the year at Fitness Informant because he you can't go all in on one brand. You know, you do so much for core, Spread but you also have to focus on arms race. I I think the last two years they've been in the conversation for brand of the year last year as well. I think this could be the year for them. I mean, if they if they execute on everything that needs to be executed on in the core line and the things happen the way they're supposed to happen. They will definitely be in that big, massive conversation for it, along with other brands like Rise and Ghost will probably find themselves in there again, too. Axe and Sledge up in that category again. We, we're pretty blessed that we get to work with all these great brands doing definitely. cool things, for sure. Um, but I liked talking about the birth of his first child. That and, was very cool. And how it changed his entire perspective and who he be- was. Became more selfless. And I, I can relate to that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a selfish prick i mean i just was i was all about myself i didn't know that ryan even what was that supposed to mean I'm, i mean i don't i didn't know you then oh yeah you were always a dad when i knew um <laughs> but even even when i became a dad though at first i was still kind of selfish in my time because i was growing the businesses but like now it's it's you and the girls first obviously before anything else and i think a testament to that would be this summer like we we're taking trips we're taking time away and we're getting in touch with our our retailers and we're getting in touch with we're our partners we're getting a better balance i would say and just being like hey if you want your coverage this week you need to get it to us cuz we're mm-hmm. going to we're going to take off um and we still constantly work like we're going to europe in 2 weeks which is insane you've never been i know i'm super excited i mean it's going to be bomb we're going to barcelona oh yeah hopping on a little jet flying across the mediterranean yep to santorini greece for 4 days and then back 
to Rome to finish it up. So oh, yeah. it's her first time Lots in Europe. To see. My second time. Um, but we're gonna do things like here's the crazy part. Like I I said I will start on more of a regimen in terms of a plan when we get back from Europe. But then I look about I think about some of the stuff that we're doing after we get back from Europe. We're number one in New York City. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be out there for the Nutribio Bio Crew party. Then we have our daughter's birthday party. Then it's Labor Day weekend. So maybe I'll start after, after Labor summer. Day. After summer. After <laughs> summer. Um, but I, it, it, I'm coming, you know, I've I mentioned this on some other podcasts too. Like I'm wrestling on the 14th of August. It's the first time I mm-hmm. would been in a, a pro wrestling ring since December. And that was the last show you were at, at the yep. synagogue. Uh, it was like December 18th, I think it was the date of it. So it'll be December to January, February, March, April, May, June, July. I mean, that's eight months again. Um, well, I mean, you had a lot going on after that. Well, yeah, I tore my <laughs> bicep, and that's. I mean, we, I was supposed to wrestle in January. Show got canceled due to the resurgence of COVID, um, and then I was booked on the next show, which was March. Tore my bicep, and I was just told, regardless of my recovery status, he wasn't going to let me wrestle anyway, which, which is good. I mean, he should be that way. So, yep. and then I made the decision. I thought, like, yep, I'm I'm done wrestling, and for the most part, I am. I mean, I just don't want to like travel four hours away anymore. Yeah, and I feel like it was starting to cut into our time. Like, our weekends are kind of our time, and you would have multiple that you were gone for that, and I know I can't help it that um, Rennie D's in such high demand. Oh, I, I know. I mean, everyone You're wants to book me, and it's going so... to be that way, too. Like, hey, listen, uh, I'm coming back to pro wrestling, but I'm working for First Wrestling and AEW. Those are the two that I want to work for. Uh, pop-up shows here and there, if it's for a meaningful cause, or if my daughter can come watch me, sure, but I'm not going to be, like, consistently doing just – small town USA stuff anymore, mm-hmm. um, which I really didn't do a lot of that when I came back. But I, you know, I drove up to Thief River Falls, which was like four and a half hours. Yep. In a day. Great show. Great time. I mean, if it wasn't so far away, I'd love to do it. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I devote my time. I want to devote my time more to family. And and we have three businesses. And we have too so. many businesses. Uh, <laughs> so now, I mean, technically four if you include my pro wrestling career because I'm making money doing that. So that's like the business of Ryan. Uh, yeah. But so there's there's our my little spoilers. I'm excited, though. I mean, it's Bauhaus Brewing Company in Minneapolis. It's awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool venue for it. And I like the people there. So th- this way yep. I can scratch that itch and be happy and yep. not be gone all the time, but still perform hopefully at my highest level. So um, really excited about that. But, I mean, this podcast is great. Next week... Um, when we shoot another podcast, I, we're not going to have a guest. We're going to talk about a subject that's super important. Um, it's I, I think it's a subject that I don't want to say it's not talked about enough because I think we are talking about it more I and more. I think it's more and more for sure. And I, it's, I feel like now people are more aware of it, which makes it easier to talk about. Yeah. It still is a very uncomfortable conversation to have with a lot of people. Oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's basically we're, we're going to talk mental health, depression, anxiety, hitting rock bottom. Uh, we have both, both of us have our own personal journeys, um, in that world mm-hmm. of things. I mean, I think, but there's iterations of it, right? Like, I mean, just, just to, as a preview, like Danielle had an iteration of that sort of in college and then like post-college for me, uh, probably a couple times here and there. I mean, I think subconsciously sometimes two people are depressed and they don't know it. Oh yeah. You know, or you feel lost or you feel empty. Uh, you know, be, being unfulfilled is also like another way of being depressed, Right? Yeah, like if you've been working the so. same fucking job for years and your pay's good, but you don't you feel, feel stuck like you're doing and it. you yeah. can't get out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a topic. I think a lot of people will tune into. So we will do better. If we can't line up a guest, then we're just going to come on and talk. How do you build a business in 10 days? Boom. We can do that conversation. Let's talk about it. It so, uh, <laughs> but we do have blessing coming on at some point here. Um, Sadiq is going to be coming on as well. Um, you know, we'll reach out to some more figures in the space and then, and see who we think would be a good fit for the show. Um, we're going to be doing some traveling. Like when we're out in New York, hopefully we can do something maybe on site. We're going go awesome. to go back to Bev's, um, and, and just do some cool stuff. So I don't have much else to say. I mean, I could talk for hours, but I think people are, you always can talk. I'm telling you, man, like <laughs> this is men. You, you, you feel me. You know, they say that women talk a lot. I feel like in our relationship, maybe you talk a little more. What do you mean they say? Who's Every, they? People. Well, people. people are correct. Women do talk a lot. It's 100% fact. <laughs> so does Ryan. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm, That's how you earned your living. I know. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Miller, CEO, Core Nutritionals, all the other brands we listed. Enjoy it. Let us know. Subscribe to the podcast. Write a review. Leave some comments. Uh, we appreciate you. Sorry for the hiatus. I blame my wife um, because she talks too much. <laughs>
For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Adding my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Doug Miller joining the Booty and the Beast podcast from the Boss Status Room, the new podcast room down there in, in the Carolinas, my man. How, so are you guys done with the entire move now? Uh, yeah, but we're almost ready to move. Ooh, you, what, do you mean? What? What, what do you mean by that? You literally just no, got no, there. No, no, no. no I'm, just, I'm just kidding, kind of kidding. Um, we're kind of running out of space already. So yeah, we're settled in. Um, we're expanding the gym as well, which is eating into a little of our warehouse space. And uh, there's some opportunities for land right behind us, so we're we're pursuing those. So my goal is within two years to turn this entire building into a gym. I and mean, then obviously we oh need wow! A you literally just what just expanded a month ago? Well, I guess it's been a year. We've actually been here a year, but the build out wasn't done. We we were in kind of like almost a shell for probably four or five months. We didn't get our occupancy till. October. Okay. So October 21, I guess we were officially allowed to uh, do business here. Um, but you know how it is. Like you got to plan for year. you know, you know, if we were building a new building, that takes two years minimum, right? Mm -hmm. So like you have to start doing it ahead of time. Otherwise you just have to scramble. Was that always the vision for you, Doug, is to have an HQ and a, and a, a accompanying gym with it. Obviously having a manufacturer down the, down the block or insane building is great for you guys. But was that always kind of your, your dream? Um, I wouldn't say a dream, but that was the vision and the goal. Um, we always said um, we want to build our own castle. We actually took that from Andy Priscilla. We went and spoke with him for, I don't know, six hours one time. And he talked about, you know, giving your employees the vision of building a castle, right? They will work towards building a castle. They won't, if you just tell them you're building a, a wall or building a, a something that doesn't have meaning, they won't work as hard towards it. So we always kind of, from that point on, we always talk about, we want to build our castle. And so it's really important to us to have our fulfillment in-house, uh, to have the gym, you know, in-house, to have that because it creates a really good culture throughout like, you know, I could very easily save money probably going through a 3PL, uh, have somebody else do the warehouse, but then you lose control. Mm -hmm. You oh, know, yeah. like if we mess up an order or something, we want to be able to, the sales guys want to be able to walk in the back, fix the order, make it right, write a handwritten note and get it done, right? If you're with a 3PL, that doesn't happen. Right. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, it really was kind of our vision. How so? I kind of told people about you coming on the podcast, and you were on it once before, and we talked about you know supplement side of things, and we'll do a little bit of that too. But I'm I'm very curious and interested in like the maturation process of Doug Miller from the start of going off and being an entrepreneur because you came from corporate America as well, right? Prior to being an entrepreneur, um, and now you have a multitude of different brands: father, husband, leader. There's a lot going on with you, Doug. What's been some of the key, I guess, learnings? throughout the years for you that have really helped you 
progress into getting these brands and the GNC and vitamin shops of the world and just to be a successful entrepreneur? Well, it's kind of cliched, but it's really, some of it is a matter of time and like messing a lot of things up, fixing it, figuring it out, and then, you know, getting better, right? Like, so this isn't, um, you know, we've been at this for a long time. Core's been around since, was like our brainchild 2005 mm-hmm. was where, when our first product came out. We actually got our LLC in 2004. That's 18 years in the supplement industry. That's a pretty darn long time, right? Most companies don't stick around for 18 years in this industry. Um, and so it was a long process, right? It wasn't really until the last, I would say, five years that we really kind of got our stuff together, right? Like where we really were like, okay, we really have something here. So it's definitely accelerated. It's been exponential since then, but it's many years of kind of figuring it out. And, you know, really when we started um, getting the right people on the bus, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, getting the right people on the bus. The brands are way beyond me at this point. Like I can't do everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, we have the right people on the bus, or at least for the most part. Right. We have a lot of good people here. Uh, and once they get on the bus and they kind of believe in your vision, um, creating an actual set of core values. I know this sounds super cheesy um, and people are going to think I'm crazy, but like uh, one of the books that we read a lot of, and I might've talked about it with you before is good to great. It's mm-hmm. Jim Collins book. And basically it lays out how do you take a good company to a great company? And he talks about a lot of different things. And uh, you know, Jim Collins is, we read all his books in our, for our company. And one of the things he talks about is setting core values. Even if you're a one man operation, Mm-hmm. and you're starting your business, write down your core values. Because once we had those, um, and it was probably about a year ago that we actually really memorialized them, um, but we already had, we had like a working set of them. That's when we can kind of always lean on those in every decision that we make, right? Does it go, we've had, we've sat in our work room here and said, okay, we were just trying to decide which direction to go. Uh, well, does it follow our core values? Uh, or if it doesn't, then we'll go a different direction. And we actually use those as our guidelines. And ever since we started doing that and uh, getting the right people on the bus and creating a set of core values um, and culture, right? The core values and the culture kind of with, with uh, mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Uh, things really started to progress for us. Um, we attracted more people, really good people from the outside, you know, not just kind of up through us and, uh, you know, got some more good people on the bus. And, um, the more good people on you on the bus you get, the better, the easier it is to attract more people that want to be a part of what you're doing, and you just get better. So it's kind of a combination of all those things. You mentioned 18 years with Core. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a long time in this yeah, space. A okay. uh, lot, a lot goes on in this space. You and I both know that. But also, I think what the outside world also doesn't see is probably the toll it takes. Entrepreneurship takes on family, uh, and I'm not sure you know the sacrifices that your wife has had to make and the kids have had to make. Has that been easy on her? No. <laughs> Short answer is no. Um, you know, behind every good man, there's a better woman, right? right. Like it really is true. And she's not really on social. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, you know, she's not involved. She had her time on stage when she like was a world champion figure competitor and did all that. As soon as we had kids, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, the limelight was gone from that because the kids became the focus. And even before that, so that was about 2009 is when she last competed. Um, she really just kind of did her own thing. It wasn't on social media and didn't do all that. So I've kind of had to be on social media and I'm not even, I, I quite frankly, I really don't enjoy it. It's a, it's a job. I have to, uh, I mean, you're really good at it incorporating it. Like I have to tell myself, I'll go a whole day working and I'll be like, Oh crap, maybe I should do a story or two. Right. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to do. Um, but like it's, it's a job. And so, you know, she's behind the scenes, you know, she keeps everything rolling, you know, have, I mean, you guys know, like we have two very active boys. Like mm-hmm. I can't do everything I do, um, you know, now without that support. So even though she might not be in here formulating a product with me, Without her, I couldn't be doing that, right? I couldn't be going off to different events to promote the brand and doing that stuff. So, uh, yeah, obviously it definitely takes a toll, but I think it's about communication. And we, you know, we have a joint Google calendar that is pretty smashed up. And, you know, we just try to communicate the best we can um, on how to get things done. And she's, 
you know, she's really understanding. Now that we have HQ, like she'll, she'll come up here and train in the morning, hang out a little bit and, uh, you know, go do her own thing. But, you know, a lot of times it's, it's all about, it comes down to communication. We're good at it sometimes, sometimes we're not. Um, but yeah, it's super hard, you know, and I will say that um, I set a lot of boundaries now. Like I've tried, I'm trying to get everything in a position where if I get a hit by a bus tomorrow, everything runs the way it should. So, you know, I can, I mean, I really trust the people that are here. Um, you know, I try to be out of here at 4.30 every day. Um, that's kind of my thing. And, you know, all night is with the boys. I mean, now they're super active in sports and activities and stuff. So I'm pretty much at baseball or football or soccer or wrestling or something in the evenings, right? And then, you know, nighttime I catch back up. But um, it's a, it is difficult, right? But I've made a lot of sacrifices earlier in my life so that I can get to a position now to enjoy some of that. Um, and that's what we try to instill with all our younger employees because, you know, at least for the nutrition corner side of things, uh, a lot of those people are early 20s, you know, uh, and they're really trying to set themselves up. And I was like, guys, when I was in my early 20s, I was literally working 80 plus hours a week in a corporate setting. And I was training, you know, and competing and doing all of that. It was a selfish time of my life, but that's what you got to do, right? And you set yourself up for things later on. So, like, I am pretty – myself and Carl Frady, who's our general manager, we're pretty uh, – we're pretty – I don't want to say savage, but we're we're very realistic when it comes to the effort you need to put in to do stuff that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and we try to preach that down. Sometimes it goes over well. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, it just depends on the personality. I think a lot of that, and I, I don't know much about your childhood, Doug. I don't think we actually ever talked about your upbringing and, and your the influence maybe your parents had on you and work ethic. Can you take us back, you know, what, what are you, like 21, 22 years old now? So can you take us back like 15 years to, to your childhood and just like give us a glimpse into so, the, to the childhood of Doug? Yeah. Um, my parents are still married. Married, gosh, 50 years. Insane. You know, like they're 73, 74 now. They got married. They... Uh, they just posted their prom picture. They went to prom together. They've been oh together for however long, right? Um, you know, really good parents. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for probably till I was in high school. God, God bless um, And then she went back and started. Uh, she did sales. She did uh, like she sold. Uh, she was a rock star in selling like assisted living. She worked for like mm. Sunrise. Oh yeah. You know, like that assisted living community. So she did that for a bunch, like all throughout when I was in college and whatnot. My dad was a high school math teacher. Hmm. So, um, yes, we were, we lived on a math teacher salary pretty much right. with, uh, and I have an older brother who's three and a half years older than me. Um, and so, yeah, we, but you would never know it that we were just, uh, living on a single income. Like we never felt like we needed anything. Right. Mm-hmm. We just, it, things were just good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't have any complaints from my childhood. Uh, my brother was super smart. Um, he went to Princeton and then he went to Dartmouth uh, Business School. Uh, he's a partner in a high-end uh, consulting firm and does really well. His wife's a doctor. And so oh, wow. I think I was driven from my brother's success in school. Like I was kind of a punk as like a younger in freshman year. I was like hanging out with the older kids and you know, I was way more into sports than my brother and, you know, kind of doing that thing. But I was also probably after my freshman year, I really was like, man, um, you know, my brother's smart, but so am I. And I wanted to kind of show him up a little bit. Sure. So that's when I really kind of got into uh, the academic side of things. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was, a, it was a good childhood. Like, I don't, you know, everyone has some childhood trauma or drama, right? Like, but I really honestly can't say of anything that, um, that stands out, right? That kind of forced me down a certain role. It's just, I think seeing my, my brother be very successful, uh, he, you know, going, getting into Princeton, right? So I didn't get into Princeton. I wanted to go there. I don't know if I wanted to go there. I just wanted to go there because, you know, he did. So mm-hmm. I felt like I should. Uh, but instead it was a blessing. I ended up getting into the Penn State Honors Program. Um, and because of what I did in high school, I came in as a sophomore there. So I was able to graduate with a couple degrees. And awesome. um, oh, I kind of awesome. took it personal that I didn't get into Princeton. Uh, so I graduated with a 4.0 from Penn State as just kind of a giant FU. Like, see see what you missed out on? Right. I could have graduated with a 4.0 from Princeton, right? Like, um, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, I guess. 
Um, and that kind of just forced me. I'm super type A, super competitive in just about everything that I do. So um, that's kind of what got me pushing in, you know, pretty much all aspects. Did you grow up in PA? Yeah. Okay. Outside of Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. And then, so obviously then you guys moved to, oh, you're in the Carolinas now, but part of this was Virginia, right? Is where you, the old? Yeah, so coming out of school, I did economic litigation consulting for 12 years working in D.C. So I lived in Silver Spring, Maryland, D.C., and then we moved into Virginia, uh, you know, married Steph 15 years ago in 2006. So we lived in Arlington, Virginia for a long time, and then we moved out a little further uh, as we, when we started having kids. But, uh, yeah, I was in the D.C. area for 20 years pretty much. That's insane. Well, I mean, you're, you're, uh, your wingman there, Patrick, just became a father recently and just had their child uh, over the weekend, beautiful baby boy. Do you remember, I'm sure you do, the birth of your first child and what that did for you and, and maybe the way you changed things or the way you operate as a human being? Oh, dude, it, I'm a completely different person. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I tell people that my inclination is not to be super thoughtful. Right. I'm just not a thoughtful guy. Sure. Like I don't won't get you like a nice little trinket for, you know, your birthday, you know, like when people do really well, like this is, this is one of the things that I, I don't want to say struggle. I mean, I recognize it, right? Like I'm not a rah, rah person, whether when I was coaching clients and whatever, like, sure, you won. Great. All right. What's next? You know, sure. You did great at work and I'll give you a high five. You know, you might earn a core value coin or something like that. And then it's just like, I'm always kind of moving forward and thinking about, okay, what's next now? And so, um, you know, it's, I'm not thoughtful. I don't know if that comes from like a selfish perspective, right? So, but having kids changes that completely, right? So uh, they are definitely number one there, you know, like my wife and I, we, we try to put them in a position to succeed and are very, you know, put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, and so it just changes things and it changed my perspective on everything, you know, like going through life, um, you know, you would see certain things on the news, right. And as a young single 20 year old, 23 year old or whatever, you see something traumatic on the news and it just like in, in your eyes, out your ears, you know, like mm -hmm. whatever you move on, whatever. If there's a school shooting, you're like, oh man, that's terrible. And then you just move on. Ever since I had kids, I am drastically affected by all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would never forget. I'll never forget. Like, uh, I don't know what year it was that school, the big shooting in Las Vegas, right, where all those people were tragically killed yep. by that crazy dude. Um, I don't know what. Like, it just came over. I like. I just started thinking my kids could have been there, mm -hmm. right? Like, they could have been at that concert, right? And everything goes back to like my kids could have been there. Right. Like I can't imagine what it's like to be a parent of somebody who lost their kid in something like that. So that it's not just those traumatic things. It's always thinking like thinking, thinking of them. Right. So it, it has taught me not to be so selfish. And I don't want to I don't want to come across as like I'm a selfish person. I'm not a selfish person. I'm a very generous person. But um, because I'm all about progress, it can come across as, man, this dude's diehard. He's like sometimes it can be very, you know, frank and to the point and it can come across as a little harsh but i just want progress right like i'm all about it for myself but more importantly for the people around me and so having kids has even expanded that more like i, I don't like once you get to a certain point where you're you're making decent money you're saving money you drive the car you want you have a nice house right you're putting in money into retirement like what more do you need mm -hmm. So like I get excited when I and I put pressure on myself to like give people more opportunities to pay them more to give them a bonus to them crushing their commissions and stuff like that. That's the stuff that gets me excited. And I think a lot of that came about once we had kids. Right. Uh, I almost treat them as my kids too, some of my employees. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, that, it changed my world. It rocked my world in a good way, in a good way. Because how old are they now? Five and eight. It's a good age. I mean, it's a good gap in age. So, and I'm assuming you guys are done. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, I mean, yeah, like we're we're officially done. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of children, you have plenty of children in terms of brands, uh, and everybody says they don't have a favorite child, but they do. 
I mean, let's oh, have yeah. a real. Everybody has a favorite children or, 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 or kid. You have Arms Race. You have America. You have the Energy Line. You have Core. You have Nutrition Corners. Obviously, Core was your first one. Is Core your favorite child? So that's tough. I, you know, because it's the first, and everything is an offshoot of it, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. I don't want to say it's my favorite, but uh, that, that will always have a special place in my heart, right? The really cool thing about what we get to do is different sides of mine and our employees' personalities can come out in each brand, mm-hmm. right? Core is like the polo-wearing, uh, that's the like the scientist in me, like that's the nerd in me, Right. Um, it's the, for the, it's the type A person who didn't have the greatest genetics, but worked as hard as he could to do really well in the natural bodybuilding world. Right. I just, like who demands the best. That's that, that, that type A person in me, right? Like that's that personality. America is the ridiculous fun personality that just like, is just kind of off the wall, does dumb stuff, likes to have a good time with his friends. And then, you know, arms race is kind of just more like the chill brand. They're like the cool kids sitting over in the corner, you know, just hanging out, having a good time, liking to get a good pump. So it's like, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's really different personalities uh, of myself, but, you know, all the people that are involved. And so it's a lot of fun. And so I don't necessarily have a favorite. You know, there are certain moments where I'm in a core mood or I'm in America mood or, you know, I just want to, you know, chill and be in an arms race mood. Right. Um, so. You know, I don't necessarily have a favorite, but, you know, core, because it is the first, will always have a special place in my heart for sure. One of the things that I've always been honest about on this channel is, is my drug use. Being on TRT, taking exogenous stuff for contest prep, you're a natural bodybuilder. That's, that's been your thing. I know the temptation had been there for you, Doug. You're looking at some of these organizations that are untested and you see, you know, your, your people that you're going against just, I mean, juiced up, gassed up, whatever, having a competitive advantage on that part. How did you stay away from it? <sighs> you know, I, I would say in my early 20s, there was definitely, you know, I, I came up in a time where, like, the Internet was just kind of blooming when I was 17 and really got into it. Sure. And I did all my research myself, right? And then you get on these certain forums and, you're like, I didn't really know much about steroids. Like, you don't know. And then you're like, well, what, those guys are way bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are they doing, right? So there was, there's certainly like a, this, there was certainly like, I don't want to even say temptation, but like, you're, it's a curiosity, Curious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, but then for me, there was a couple reasons is I, I did see uh, like bodybuilders in the off season and they were kind of gross, you know, and I never wanted to look like that. I'd rather make games like this than like, you know, like this. Mm -hmm. And so like, I always wanted to look uh, good and respectable, you know, no matter what, whether I was competing at the time or trying to grow, right? Um, So that was one thing. Uh, Number two is it's illegal, right? Like I didn't have like prescriptions. There wasn't like, Mm -hmm. uh, like a hormone clinic that I could go to at 22 with fine test levels and get prescribed something, right? Like I didn't even know that existed or that was a thing. It was illegal. Right. And I had a really good job. Um, and so like, I just didn't want to go down that route. And then once I got a taste of success in natural bodybuilding, it was kind of like, Hey, like there might be something to this. Like maybe I could be like a really good natural bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that point, and at the end of the day, you know, it is definitely, you know, let's be honest, natural bodybuilding is not super healthy either. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like we do some dumb stuff. Right. Um, Excuse me, but it's certainly healthier than abusing steroids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is right, and I wanted to live a long time, right? I also saw that people using drugs tend to age a lot more and a lot faster. Like, there's definitely people out there that are like late twenties that look older than I do because I mean they look like they're fifty, right. right? Because of the excessive drug use. So it just wasn't for me. I just never got. I was becoming successful and had a good life slash career that I didn't need it. I knew I wasn't going to become Mr. Olympia, mm-hmm. right? So why would I go down that route, right? Like I had other things. I wasn't a full-time bodybuilder. Now, with that being said, like I am not one of those holier-than-thou natties. Like 
I don't, I don't care. Right. Like I don't look down on you. I mean, shoot, there was two monsters in the gym today. They're both training for nationals. One's a super heavy, one's a heavy. I mean, they're like, I'm handing them 200 pounds. I have to like deadlift this 200 pound dumbbell to like <laughs> hand, and pick it up for them. Right. And like, I'm there encouraging them. Like if that's what you want to do, like I'm all for it. I, you know, like if that's, that's your life, right? Just know that there could be consequences to it, but I'm not going to judge you. And I, I don't care. I don't think I'm better than you. That's just the decision you made. You know, I'm too much of a whoop to do it. I mean, you got the balls to actually, you know, go through, go through with it to that level. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm just, just kind of do your own thing. Just know that there are consequences to everything you do. What's your take on, you know, there's, there, for instance, we look at somebody, a personality like the liver King who's out there claiming him. He's natural. And, and I don't know either. I mean, I can make a judgment, but it's not my job to judge. However, if somebody is on drugs and they claim the, the natty card, do you have an issue with that? Oh, absolutely. So that's the part that I do have an issue, right? Like if you are natty and you're competing or you're not natty and you're competing in a natty, mm-hmm. like that's kind of messed up, right? right? Like oh, yeah. that's really messed up. And so there's a place for you to compete, right? So just compete in the NPC. Like there's a place for you, right? Where it's a level playing field where it's like, who has the biggest balls that want to do the most drugs, right? You, <laughs> like, pretty much. You know, you can do whatever you want, right. you know, like go for it, but like, do it in a, on a fair playing field. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't understand the not natties competing in the natty level. Like, so, I mean, listen, I've won some of the biggest natural bodybuilding shows in the world, and my biggest prize is $5,000. Right. I spent way more of that, way, 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 way more than that than time and money in supplements alone, in food, in everything else leading up to that show for six months, like 5X that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You don't make anything. You don't make anything from it. Um, you know, I guess nowadays, you know, I guess – you could get some Instagram clout, but you don't even need to compete to do that, yep. right? You could just look shredded and post, you know, news on Instagram and you'll probably be financially way better off than even competing, right? right? So mm-hmm. I just don't understand that. Like that, that, that is, I don't want to say a pet peeve, but that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Like that's, you know, like that's pretty low. I mean, there, there are people too that are, that are influential on social media who you know take stuff that claim they don't. I mean, is there a, is there is that dangerous to like, you know, when you're, when you're influencing the youth of well, yeah, America? I mean, but like, do you know, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I can say like, I can say, yeah, I, I think he is, but like, who am I to say that? People say that about me sometimes. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, they don't know. So right. like, I don't get mad at somebody like, you know, I'd rather, I've said this so many times, like you're either a shitty natural bodybuilder or you're on drugs, mm-hmm. right? I'd rather think you think I'm on drugs, right? That means I, I feel like I'm doing something right. right. So I don't really care. I don't get mad at people when they accuse. And I try not to of other people. Like, I, you know, I guess Michael Hearn is like one of the big ones, right? right. Like where everyone's like, oh, he's definitely not natty. But like, I honestly don't know. I don't know the guy. I don't know what he's, I know what I've been able to accomplish not using drugs. Who am I to say that I sure as shit don't have the best genetics in the world. Right. So oh, yeah. like he could be the one in the, you know, a hundred million. I don't know. So like, I don't even get involved in that. I don't, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I think it is dangerous when you're pitching it to younger kids who really have no sense. Right. Like they just don't know. Like when I was first starting, I didn't know. Right. I didn't know what steroids were, you know, and all that. So like that can be dangerous. Right. Cause then you can give them like this false sense. Um, but other than that, I just try not to get caught up in any of that stuff. What's your take on growth hormone? My take on it? Yeah, like I mean, it's you're... the same. It's the same. It's in the same realm. I mean, there's reasons why people would take it, sure. right? There's reasons why people would have a prescription for it. You know, some kids are prescribed it, right, mm-hmm. uh, at a very young age. Um, you know, to me, this goes back to it. The research that I've done, it's a little scary, right? Because it doesn't just grow your biceps and your quadriceps. It can grow everything. It can grow your heart, it can grow your whatever, right? So I don't know what the long-term effect of that is. Sure. Right? Um, I mean, at 42 now, you know, my test levels, when I got them checked, uh, you know, I don't know, six months, a year ago, like they were higher than they've ever been in my life. Wow. Right? Like I'm high, like mid, mid to high 900s, low 900s. That's fucking like, I insane. Even That's awesome. what the number is. But right. like, I feel good, right? Like the numbers are good. So like, 
I don't need it, but I'm not one to say that, like, let's say five years from now, I feel like crap, right? Like, like if it's going to help my life, right, and it's done correctly, like, yeah, maybe I would consider it. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know enough about growth hormone to say whether or not it could benefit somebody, right? Like, right. I just, it's a little scary, it's a little gray area for me, right? Walk me through, I know, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the beginning when laxogen came out, you weren't a fan of it. And I think after some research and stuff came out, you kind of softened up to it and eventually you put it in the product, right? And which then has since been removed yeah. or reformulated. Walk me through like the idea with like Turkesterone, with that being such sort of a new ingredient that all these supplement brands are flocking to and trying to put in the market. Were you, was it a hard decision for you to put it in America? So, so, so ter- Turkesterone is an interesting product. Um, been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I used to use Exosterone products way back in the day. I don't know if you remember E-Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was E-Bowl and T-Bowl from uh, Thermolife, right? Yep. Like way back in the day. And uh, I always noticed a difference, right? And, you know, when, the, when it ca- kind of started resurfacing, you know, I don't do anything that I think uh, doesn't work. Like I won't do anything just for the money. Like we're not getting rich on Turkesterone here. Like it doesn't, it's not going to move our needle doing one product with Turkesterone. It's not like we're selling 8 million bottles a year, right? Like it's, it's not. So uh, use the product, see how I feel on it. I'm pretty darn in tune with my body. Like I know when something's working. Um, so, you know, regardless of what somebody might say, regardless of even what the studies, the studies have to look decent, right? Like they have to have some merit for me to even want to try it. And then it, I always felt good on it. Right. And I did feel good on it. And, you know, I do feel really good on hollow point. Uh, I noticed a strength bump right off the wrist. So for me, that, that is a barrier. Now testing of turkesterone. And this is what is so hard. Like, uh, I know you've asked for third party testing. We have, we have third party testing on uh, the, the raws from here. The argument that you're going to get from everyone is um, testing methods. Sure. Right? Herbal extracts and different ingredients are actually the production uh, chain, like the like the the flow the the flow chart is actually the technical term. The flow chart of how you take a raw herb and get it to an extracted version, like the methodology and the flow chart, are based on certain standards. Okay, so if you want to go to China and order Turkesterone 10% as tested via HPLC, okay, versus 10% Turkesterone tested via UV bis, right? Like like UV, mm-hmm. that flowchart of how you go to A to B, the standards of how you go from A to B, or like the finished standard B, are different. This is hard to wrap your head around, right? Like I have a chemistry, like a biochemistry background, and some of this stuff is even, admittedly, it's it's over here. Like I've spoken to uh, some U.S. experts, I've spoken to Chinese experts, I've spoken to a lot of people on this, and some of it is very, very complicated. Sure. So my point being is, I don't, I'm not caught up in the whole drama of what is it, more plates, more dates, and all this other stuff. I'm not caught up in that. I have confidence in the ingredients that we use based on the testing methodology that we set our standards to and the results that we get. Okay. So, uh, for example, you, you could take the, and and I think this was some of the, I didn't get into all the Reddit forums. I I read some of it and I went down there, but first of all, the standards are like, are the standards accurate? Right. And it's the methodology. What is the different, uh, you know, the specs that you're using to test? It's very, very, very complicated. So something could spec out at there's nothing in there via HPLC, but that specs out completely accurate uh, through a UV method in which the product was standardized to. And it's legit turkesterone. So it's, it's very complicated. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm an expert in sure. it. I've learned a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm super confident in the product that we have. And that's why I'm excited about it. And it works. So, um, but yeah, that's really the standard that we have, right? Like, right. you know, we, we, we want to make sure that at the end of the day, studies need to look good. The raw materials need to be what they're supposed to be. And then even if they are, if you take the product and, and you don't feel anything off of it, 
then what's the point of having the product, right? Then you're just doing it to make money. We've had really good feedback on our product so far, so I'm, I'm really happy with it. How do you speak to the female consumers? I know supplement companies die in this space, they have a very hard time. Core is kind of a unique brand. It's a little bit softer. I feel like could speak mm-hmm. to them better. Arms Race having like the Sweeney family involved with that too, I think definitely helps because she's, I mean, we just saw her this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's something that so many brands have a very difficult time doing is reaching and speaking and resonating with a female consumer. Because, I mean, you make purchase yeah, decisions mean, different than me. I haven't pulled our recent stats for core. You know, like we don't know what our wholesale, like, we do about, on the core side, we're probably about a quarter to a third direct-to-consumer and the rest via other mm-hmm. outlets, um, wholesale, distribution, whatnot. Uh, so we have a, a really good sample set of who our consumers are because our direct-to-consumer is substantial. Um, and there's a lot of women in there. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of women in there. How that started in the first place, I don't know. Sure. Right? Like, let's be honest. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the the brand was born out of natural bodybuilding, right? And uh, now it's bigger than that. It's more, I hate to say the word lifestyle, right? Like, it's, that's kind of cheesy. But, like, it's more of a lifestyle brand. It's the Crush It lifestyle brand. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it came out of female competitors seeing great results from using the product. And a couple of our products you know, basically went viral in the female community. The biggest one is still to this day, our number one selling product is Core Heart. Mm. Like we have, and the sales to women over men of Core Heart is drastic, right? Like we sell so much of it to women. Um, And so they started seeing really good results and like, hey, if it works for the female competitor and as our brand and brand awareness began to grow, why wouldn't it work for soccer mom Betty, right? Like you have the same physiology and the brand, as it grew, it just started reaching more uh, women in that sense. And then we started um, really focusing on some women products like toys, right? Oh, yeah. um, and I have a really good relationship with Paul Rebellia. He's a really big, uh, big-time bikini coach. He's got oh, like yes. 20 or 30 coaches working under him at this point. So we've done the Paul Rebellia like, line of products uh, under court, uh, the PR series, we call mm-hmm. it. Um, and one of those, he came to me, he's like, listen, the females that I work with, have two major problems. One is, excuse me, thyroid, and the other is controlling their, their regulating their cycle, essentially. And so he's like, formulate a product for me that addresses both of these issues. And so that's why Core Poise was born. You know, and then with his reach and, you know, uh, and, and women like to talk, right? Like you don't need that many uh, women to start talking about your product. Women talk way more about products than men do. To their female friends, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with and that. And so they're what we call sneezers, right? They sneeze on everyone, right? Like you want to get a good group of women sneezers that can <laughs> literally disperse, um, you know, the information. And so I think that's how we we did it. You know, we had some really good product, and then shoot, women want. Men will drink something if it tastes like dirt, as long as they get big biceps doing it, right? right? Women really care about taste even more so than men. And, you know, our protein, if I do say so myself, and really all our stuff tastes awesome, right? So you get women then hooked on the protein, and they start telling their friends. And then their boyfriend or husband are like, yo, let me get some of that, right? And it just kind of grows Gross. from there. So mm-hmm. women are a very big focus, uh, especially of the core brand, but even – uh, you know, on arms race brand with the stabilize her and uh, the, a lot of the female athletes we have and whatnot. So yeah, uh, yeah, we love our women. I don't know oh, if you, I mean, Danny wrote an article, what, a couple on weeks poise, ago yeah. on poise. And just for the listening people and people watching, like she had that same issue, right? I mean, oh, you yeah. can tell it. Yeah. I wrote an article on me getting my cycle back after breastfeeding and everything. And I was taking poise first. So I went through the whole cycle of it. And then I also took um, stabilize and then Pregnant alone. Yep, pregnant alone. After I was done with poise, and I was like four months in a row, which like I mean, right on cycle, which is unheard of for me. Yeah, that you, was not anything I'd ever had before. Not, that's not unheard of for people on poise. We get a lot of emails like that. Like I haven't had my cycle in three years or something like that, and then you know their second month on poise, they you know get their cycle back. So, so uh, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Doug, what's been your biggest failure? Oh. Dark question. 
biggest failure? I feel like I've been asked this question before, and I have no idea what my answer is, right? Like, um, I think maybe it's one of those things for me, and this is, you're going to hate this answer, right? It's one of those things for me is I don't dwell on failures. I just don't. And listen, we mess up every day. We had a pretty big mess up today, uh, and it sucks. But, like, what can I do about it, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's nothing I can immediately do about it, but, hey, can we get better the next time around? And, like, is it really worth it for me to get, like, all fired up and just, you know, flip the table and do all this stuff? It's just, like, it is what it is. It's part of the business. It's part of learning. And it's why we've gotten better throughout those 18 years uh, is because we've messed up a lot of things. Like, not everything we do is a home run. Like, uh, the balls is a great example of that, right? Like, it went, they went bad within, like, two months, right? They taste like soap. Like, who would have guessed that, right? right? Mm-hmm. But because of that, we've been much better about it. Like, we've much better about it. And now the, the latest talk here is that we're going to do something small batch in-house with through, a, uh, like, a small bakery, mm-hmm. right? To do it as, like, a direct-to-consumer, get them to you fresh right off the rip as, a, as an alternative. So, like... We and it's also made us learn to uh, shoot uh, bullets before shooting cannonballs. Mm-hmm. Like we ran a ton of balls, like a ton. Like we spent a ton of money uh, because they were awesome in the pilots, uh, but we had to dump a ton, right? So now when we our first run on everything, so we're running actually the ARN bar is running today. Awesome. Uh, in our yeah. two flavors, like I was seeing pictures of it. So like we only ran. It's a, still a lot, but we ran way less than we would have if I if we didn't make that mistake on the ball side. Because you know what, the first run of everything, you're gonna f something up. Oh yeah, like it's gonna. I mean, you know this, I'm sure from yeah. the oh, yeah. nut butters. Like, you, I'm sure something has gotten messed up. Oh, yeah. you know, multiple times along the route. No right? doubt. <laughs> um, and, and you know, so like we've learned to shoot. Uh, we this is what we say: we shoot bullets before we shoot cannonballs. And uh, it might be more expensive to do it that way, but in the long term, it's actually cheaper because if you mess up, you pivot, you get better on the next one, and you're not stuck with eight million, uh, mm-hmm. you know, empty bags for balls or something like that, right? Um, so I can't sit here and think of any one particular failure. Like that's a good example. We've opened some retail stores that within a year we decided to close. Sure. Like mm-hmm. we just missed the mark on the demographics. We've learned from it. Like. We opened a store in Bethesda, Maryland. Highest, like, median average income of all our stores. Mm-hmm. One of the highest in the country. Yeah, for sure. We got zero support because our bread and butter for our stores, let's be honest, are bros. Mm-hmm. Right? And we have actually found our stores do better in more blue-collar areas, lower-income areas, than they do in uh, higher white-collar. Because... Those people are going to be sitting at the office all day. They're going to buy from Amazon. They don't give a crap. They, they don't care about what we offer, which mm-hmm. is a personalized service, like mm-hmm. an experience when you walk into our store, someone to educate you, someone to teach you, teach you about training and diet and who actually cares if you get results, right? They don't care about that. Uh, they just want to sit there and have it show up on their right, which is fine. But so we have learned from that, and now we look differently at where we place retail stores. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of, and, and those aren't small mistakes. I mean, that mistake of that store cost us 200000 bucks, something like that, give or take. You know, oh, yeah. that's a lot of money. That's a ton a of money, of money. <laughs> right? And, um, you know, so like we we make mistakes, um, we don't get caught up in it, and then we get better and move on. And I don't, like, I won't belittle my employees. I won't, I mean, and people will step up and say, listen, that's my fault. Like, I did, like Carl to this day, he, he still apologizes about Bethesda, right? Like, if there's no, it's not his fault. I was the one who signed the lease. Right. You know, like, it's not his fault at all. Uh, but we have a lot of people who've learned through the culture to take ownership of stuff. And for that reason, I, I, there's no sense in me, like, getting upset at them. It's just part of the business. We'll wrap up the podcast, and I'm not sure how much you want to share or disclose, but we were talking about your baby early on in CORE. CORE's going to have a pretty um, exciting fall um, with 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 – Expanding. I don't know if you can touch on it, talk about it, but uh, if you can, awesome. If you can't, I'll let people wait in the wait in the wings. But I'm excited for you guys. I think it's, you know, you talk about some of your biggest yeah. accomplishments. You can throw this one right up there with them. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of things going on, and I would say it's not just there's 
there's some things I can't talk about uh, on the core side, on the America side, and on the arms race side that, man, like, I love, you know, talking about exciting things. I just can't talk about it because they're not all done deals yet, but right. they, it's pretty darn cool, and we have a lot in the works. I would say, especially for core and arms race within the next six months uh, that are pretty awesome. But the big thing for core, which I can talk about, is uh, October, we are launching nine SKUs in vitamin shops. Uh, so three of Fury V2, which uh, Fury V2, we are actually giving them an exclusive through Black Friday so we will launch on our website on Black Friday, but October 1, the new Fury um, will show up at all the vitamin shops. Awesome. Three oh, flavors exciting. of that, two flavors of Core Pump, and two flavors of Core Pro, and two flavors of Pudding um, are showing up at vitamin shop. And they've been great to work with so far. Um, and we have really exciting things like on the heels of that. So my goal is not nine SKUs, like, you know, obviously we need to get those nine SKUs to perform. Right. Uh, but my goal is to have 20 plus SKUs, uh, you know, in the near future um, at Vitamin Shop. So it's fun. You know, it's a whole other adventure. You know, we've kind of, we've, we've been through the GNC uh, kind of uh, game for a while now. And that's a whole other, that's completely different. Very different. Um, and so that, that's been fun. Uh, but now we're going into Vitamin Shop, right? So that's going to be a whole other ball game. And, um, you know, we will learn, we will mess up. I'm sure there's always some mess up on the launch. Something's going to go wrong. I, I just know it. And then we'll fix it. We'll get over it. And it's going to be all good. Um, it's just what happens, right? right. Oh yeah, um, no doubt. But yeah, I'm excited to go down that route because it's just like, it's new. And I'm excited for, uh, the relationships that we're going to build through that because from the people on the vitamin shop side that we've spoken to so far, it's been awesome. It's been a great experience. And, I feel like when I walk into a vitamin shop, you do get another level of uh, service. There are some really good people there. Uh, so the ground game, you know, Patrick just had a baby, but he knows that uh, he better enjoy the next couple weeks at, at home because he's going to be on the road a lot. Yep. Uh, all they got, Logan, David, uh, Dave, all of them are going to be on the road hitting vitamin shop to spread the good word. So, uh, yeah, we're super excited about it. It's a big opportunity. But, you know, here's the thing, and you know this, right? It's one thing to get – like there's very few brands that can get into vitamin mm -hmm. shop or GNC. It's another to get into vitamin shop and GNC mm -hmm. and really do well. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Do well where it takes it to another level. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, I'm excited for it, but that's just the start of the work. Right. Right. Um, now it gets even harder. Right. Now is like the hard work even more hard work, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's what a lot of people uh, don't understand. And I'm super thankful, super super blessed to be in the position to put products in there, and it's kind of a dream. Every bro who starts a supplement brand back in 2005, if you would have told me I would have products from GNC and Vitamin Shop, I was like, yeah, you're crazy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just the start, mm -hmm. right? Like that's just the start of when the hard work really needs to happen. And I think a lot of people who are starting brands in the industry don't realize that. Um, and so you were excited um, for the hard work to come, pretty much. Hard Congrats, work hard yeah. work in the checkbook. <laughs> with the, with oh, I mean, mo money, mo problems. That's it right. Just makes, it just amplifies everything, right? Well, I mean, like, you just got to turn around and write the check back to shop so that way you can participate in marketing programs to get the product to move. It's, I mean, it's it's a complex ball game, but you got to play it. Is, it, you know? it uh, I'm happy for you guys. It's really cool for like people listening and watching. I mean, just proof it right here of what, what consistency and hard work can do over an 18-year period where you're at now. I mean, it's probably, you probably had visions of this at some point. Maybe it's exceeded all your expectations, but to see you thrive in the branding, to see you thrive as, I mean, we get to get a little peek in your personal life, you know, as a father, as a husband, seems like you're checking all the boxes, man. So, I mean, you're human. We all make mistakes and shit, but you're, I think you're, you're, you're like living the American dream, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I, I feel pretty blessed. You know, it's, it's not all roses and rainbows. There's a lot of stuff, you know, that, that we don't share on mm -hmm. social media, right? For sure. That's the way it is. But like, I am super thankful to be in the position and surrounded by the people I am, both my family and the employees. Like sometimes I have to pinch myself, right? Yeah. Like there are, you can go on Instagram and see people, you know, with their Lambos and their private jets and all that. And like, that's cool, whatever. Um, 
but like sometimes I just sit down and think about all the stuff going on and I'm just so thankful. Um, you know, there's no Lambos and private jets, but uh, I don't need that when I have the family and the people around me. Like that sounds again, cliche, but it is so true. Mm-hmm. It is so true. There's no point in being a billionaire if you have no family and friends. Right. So uh, I'm super thankful to be in the position I'm in. Well, thank you for coming on, man. A lot of exciting things coming out from Core. Obviously, new flavors, uh, lemon pound cake, best flavor you ever oh, made. Oh, yeah, it's great. Best flavor. I will say it here. Uh, the new burn coming out, flavor blue, uh, blazing blue razz is coming out as well. I mean, there's a lot going on. Like, you guys are weekly doing something. So congrats with everything going on, man. I appreciate you coming on. <laughs>